Can you can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm 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 remoting in, Cormac. <laughs> I'm remoting into the podcast. Where are you remoting in from? I'm remoting in from uh, a similar latitude to you. Oh, I, <clears throat> you're right. You are. That's right. You I'm actually. A, I I sent you a picture of the one day twenty. Let's just say twenty two hour drive. It would take from for me to get from where I am to where you are. I appreciate you saying it like that rather than the other way around, actually. Yeah. That's, that's very nice. It's your giver. You've, you've been doing enough driving. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it realized it, that not only is it like a straight shot, but it latitudinally, if that's the word, and it's going to be now, it is, it, it, you literally are like almost, diagonally or i mean sorry not diagonally straight across horizontally straight across architect are you (laughs) i don't know one that apparently doesn't know the difference between horizontal and diagonal you're scrambled man yeah yeah exactly straight across the u.s 42 degrees north latitude and uh coming to you via starlink tonight as i record so it's uh it's interesting to finally have moved out of uh the home that we've raised our kids in for the last 11 years and wow yeah it was it was quite a push at the end because we basically moved stuff into u boxes the u-haul version of those pods that you see and uh put stuff into storage and headed north and not knowing where we're going to land so we're we're Hashtag van life, hashtag uh, motor <laughs> RV life, whatever you want to call it, as we figure out where we're going next in this adventure. Hashtag trailer troxel. Trailer, tra- <laughs> trailer trash troxel. <laughs> I wasn't going there. Yep. Just too late. Trailer, trailer troxel. Yeah. All right. We'll leave out the trash part. <laughs> <laughs> there now, man. It's yeah, I can't take it back now. So it's been uh it's been fun so far. I don't know how long it will be fun being in a in a trailer for who knows how long, but it might not be too long. We'll see what happens. But we're in Oregon now, we're in southwest Oregon and heading into the Pacific Northwest. We'll figure out where we land, but it is kind of funny that we're basically uh horizontal, not diagonal from you and it's it's only about two days worth of solid driving away. Yeah, no, no stopping for gas or you know brakes or anything like that. Just straight driving, foot on on gas pedal and right running out there. I'll be there. I'll, I'll see you on Saturday. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I'm coming to you from my remote recording studio in the front of my truck, my pickup truck. So this is this is the official Arcaspeak recording studio. Mm, wait, hold on. You have a pickup truck. You're living in a trailer, right? <laughs> Can we revisit that? <laughs> that where we really <laughs> yep it's my life now so yeah i mean much like me you know you vacated a house that mm-hmm. you know you've raised kids in made memories in right you know. uh yeah yeah it's crazy yeah so something that we did uh, on our way out basically you know i e- Moving sucks. I, that's, you know, there's no way around that. It's terrible. I'll, and I'll, I'll attest to that. Packing within a, every square inch of your life in these, in these things to make, to get everything to fit. And, um, and then you finally 
won't want you. We we slept in our trailer in the driveway the last two nights because we had packed everything, right? So luckily we have this apartment on wheels that we can roll around and and so hmm. we did we had packed the beds, we had packed everything, right? So um that was kind of like the final days. And mentally you just kind of check out. I don't know, you know, how many times you've moved. I've moved a lot over my life, but uh I actually bought the house that I was in to avoid moving. Like that was the number <laughs> exactly. one reason because it was uh we were renting it and then they decided to sell it and we're like, we want it because we don't want to move. And uh so moving, it was like we had new carpeting put in a few months ago before we listed the house for sale because it was like the original rental crappy carpet that the the previous landlord had put in. So we yeah. put in some nice carpet and stuff and it wasn't that bad, like moving all the furniture around to get the rooms freed up to carpet. Right. So it's like, okay, I really thought moving was not going to be that big of a deal <laughs> and it kicked my ass. It was so, and I have a broken finger and I totally like re-injured it like three or four times during the, the packing and, and, every, and the moving of furniture and stuff. And, uh, and it, it totally killed me to, to move. And, and so, you know how you kind of mentally just check out of the house, you start to disconnect. You like, we're moving on. We have to start letting go. And, uh, I have to say like, it was not emotional until like we went through with the, with the kids, every single room in the house and the backyard and the side yard and everywhere. And just recalled memories. Like we even had Mm -hmm. grandpa come over. And just recall, like, remember what happened in here? And, and like, people just come up with things that just strike them in the moment. And it's so interesting to t- kind of tie those memories to places, at least for us, for our family, right? And it was, it was so cool. Like, Grandpa was talking about the movie night that he remembered in the living room and talking about remodeling this room and what happened in that room. And it was so cool to kind of go just space by space Come, even just as an architect, right, who designs space for other people and how mm-hmm. meaningful a box, a, a space that people can inhabit can actually be is was super interesting. And I take zero credit for this at all. It was totally my wife's idea. She wanted to kind of go through and do this. And I have to say, like, after it was all over, like, it, it just became emotional, right? It was, it was yeah. so interesting to kind of go through that experience and really like connect more deeply with something I had already kind of been processing and letting go of over the the previous few weeks. Yeah. We, you know, funny enough. So we were there for 14 years in our Maryland home. My daughter was six months old when we moved in. And so she really knew nothing but that home. Right. And, you know, it was, way too small for us. I mean, we had, I think I've said this, you know, several times, but it was 985 square feet for a five, you know, person family. Yeah, It was tiny, but you know, it, you know, and everybody, honestly, everybody was just like, ah, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to get out of here. You know, um, knowing we were going to move into a place that was, you know, bigger, um, we actually almost doubled the size of what we were in, which, um, yeah, it's funny as we're here and we still can't figure out, you know, it's like, how did we live in that small house? <laughs> but we did the same thing. We were like walking around and, you know, a- after it was empty or mostly empty and 
you know, it, it was it was kind of funny. Is like not all of the family was there. You know, um, right, right. My middle child was already on his way to college and everything else, and so you know, we really didn't have everybody there. But you know, the people that we had there during the times, you know, like we did have him there early when we were packing, and then he stayed in Michigan when we um, came back to Maryland, and then it was just kind of like several trips back and forth, back and forth, back. And and so, but each of, each of us did that. Each of us was just like, well, what are you going to miss about this house? And, and they, they did that. They recalled, you know, these memories of, you know, it's just like, oh, I remember, you know, a Christmas picture of you, right. you know, like peeking around the corner. And so I had like, you know, my daughter who was, you know, the star of that picture do the same thing. <laughs> you know Re- as, as, as a 15 year old yeah. you know and and then she was just like i just remember i remember that you know i ran into you know brendan and i bumped you know i bounced off of him and i hit the corner of this wall here and i had to go and get stitches and it was you know his birth <laughs> it was his birthday and we were getting ready to leave for his you know his birthday party and you know, he was crying and upset because he had, you know, hurt his sister. And then also that he, you know, his, his birthday was ruined. And, you know, we just like started going through all of these things of like, you know, I mean, you know, you can't help but have good memories of a place that you spent 14 years in or You're right. for you, 11 years, you know, right. All the trials and tribulations of your, you know, renovations and, I mean, I kind of felt like I was on your journey, you know, as long as we've known each other and been talking about, you know, like all the different renovations that you went through, um, converting that back area into like living spaces and, you know, your office space and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. the the journey of, I mean, I even have memories of your house, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. which is, you know, um, just because or, of this podcast yeah. or, or you sleeping on my couch. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, in a, in a very tiny house. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It, just, it was interesting to kind of relive that for sure. I, I yeah. it's, it's also interesting to hear that you guys did something really similar. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, again, you just, even, even people who are, you know, like, I, I know a lot of people who get very emotional, you know, when they're leaving and my wife being one of them. Um, and she was the first one to like, really want to be out of that house. She was not really attached to it, but mm-hmm. of course, waterworks when mm. we were leaving. It was just me and her sitting in that in this absolutely empty house. We, we were the we were moving the very last bits of everything. We got the trailer to like move all the last little things, and it was just me and her in the house. And you know, we're we're sitting here and we're we're looking at it. We're just like you know, getting kind of choked up over the fact that literally, you know, like we have raised our children. They. Like our kids, you know, like my middle child started kindergarten and graduated high school in that house. Mm-hmm. You know, my my oldest was in second grade and graduated. Um, in fact, not only graduated um, high school, but at least, you know, got his associate's degree in that house. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, you know, my my daughter went through like infancy to eighth grade in that house it, mm-hmm. it just you know you couldn't help but just like get kind of like choked up over the fact that you know this little teeny house that you know we sort of always had one foot out the door mm. yeah really was connected to us 
We we always felt like that too because we had rented it for uh, five years before we bought it, and even after we bought it, we still didn't like change anything for the longest time because you just get so used to it being not your house that there's this transition period to it becoming your house, and and then you change things and then you sell it, right? Like the house has to feel a little betrayed. <laughs> in that it was like you've made it and and it is funny because you drive away and and i'm thinking like well i left it better than i found it you know i in so many ways left it better than i found it and that's something i kind of a recurring theme in my life it's like that that's one of my my things like i I like to leave things better than i find them and i think that comes from you know the way i was raised it comes from being a boy scout and leave no trace and um, you know, it can't, you always leave a campsite better than you found it, cleaner than you found it, right? It's things like that. And, and then just with the, the mark that I can leave on the world, it, even if it's just my piece of property, right? Like that's the goal is to leave it. And, and so I feel like I definitely achieved that there. And at the same time, it's like, it didn't, that part of it didn't last very long, right? It was like, do all this stuff so that you can enjoy it. And then we were like, you know what? Like we actually have other dreams and goals and we want to go pursue those. And that's not going to happen here with this. So we have to change that. And so it's funny because we, we did all this work and people are like, Oh my God, you just did all this stuff. And and now you're going to sell it. That's crazy. Right. And it's like, yeah, but it it makes sense on one level and I get it. It doesn't make sense on another. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, you know, what's, I think I think about that, and so I, you know, we were longtime renters because, well, again, we were always one foot out the door. So mm-hmm. almost every summer, you know, like clockwork, we were like, okay, this is the, this is the time we're going to move. And then, you know, decisions were made. It's like, well, you know, boy number one is is just starting high school. We might as well wait, you know, until he finishes. You know, he's, you know, grown up with all these people that he knows, and and let's, you know, just go ahead and, and let him. And then by the time he's getting ready to graduate, you know, the other one's a sophomore in high school. And so like, oh, we can't move because of that one. And there was enough gap between, you know, um, my middle son and my daughter to not, you know, to say, okay, if, if, if we are actually moving, this is the best time because we've got a gap. Mm-hmm. We actually have a gap to, you know, before she starts high school and, and really put a big decision on her. It's like, you really want to move? I mean, th- these are the people that you've known your entire life. And, you know, so, but thinking about all of that. So thinking about, you know, it's like I wasn't really, we weren't walking away from a house that we, you know, did all of this work to, but we did do work to it because, you know, even though we were renting, we were still, you know, we were still living there. You know, mm-hmm. and it was still ours. And so I still, you know, like I would, I would fix, you know, everything and I would like, you know, do everything. And if, if I knew we were going to be there that long, I probably would have renovated, you know, like finished the basement and things like that. And like really done, like lived a little bit, you know, differently in the house. If, if I knew, if I knew then that 14 years later, we would still be there. Yeah. Right. But I will say the one thing that I do kind of like, you know, the one thing that really got us like that like really just kind of like broke us both was we're standing in the threshold between the kitchen and the dining room. And of course what's on the, on the wall is, you know, the little marks that we did Mm. of their growth throughout the years. Right. And 
to try to, I'm going to keep talking so I don't get choked up about it. But, you know, it's just like, you literally see like the, the growth of, of, of your children throughout the, you know, throughout their years. And, and, you know, like we had to leave that behind, you know, that, that memory of the last 14 years. Well, that's poor planning on your part, Cormac. You know what I did? I did it. We have a, a, our own stick (laughs) and you know why? Because the old house that we were in, we did it just like you did. We had it on a post that was in the in between the dining room and the in the kitchen, and I tr- I scribed that over onto a, a furring stick, and we used that furring stick from then on. I even had to extend the furring stick at one point because my one of my bo- actually two of my boys outgrew the length of the stick that I started with, which is in- insane to me. And uh, and then we still have it with us, and we're it's going to live in our new house as just one of those things. But I totally, because the kids were so little when we left the other house, I'm like, I'm not making this mistake again. It's going with us, and it's going to stay portable. <laughs> we had to have the portable markings. That 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 is that's a great idea. And yeah, it was actually funny. It's to just watch, you know, um, my middle child, Brendan, like you know him so you know how yeah. tall he is mm-hmm. just like you know, he, here's my here's my oldest he's like slowly catching up to me didn't quite catch me and then here's me and and i swear i started to go in the opposite direction and <laughs> yep, exactly and then here yep. and then here he is he's just like you know he's this tall then you know like um he's he's as tall as his brother now he's as tall as me now he's you know three inches taller than me and he was just like dude yep it's crazy and it's fun because every year we would do like the the difference from the year before so we we would mark it and the date we'd always do it in may every year we'd mark it and we'd also write down the delta from the previous year so you'd write down their their height but also the delta from the previous year one year it was like over four inches and it was like how is that possible it's really amazing to watch kids grow up and 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 then yeah remeasuring ourselves over the, you know when the kids are like okay you're next and it's like oh no i don't i don't want to face this cuz i am shrinking over the years right each a little bit every year it's like mm-hmm. oh god it's just like why don't we just go ahead and you know when your sister was 6 i'm just going to erase her name and put my name there yeah <laughs> benjamin button exactly. like they're, they're, like my goal my height goals height goals yeah so that was that was it now we're now we're uh living in a a trailer park an rv park in the pacific northwest it's pouring rain right now and uh might get a little bit of snow tomorrow but but the air is fresh i have to say that's that's Uh, a good thing moving from southern california for sure and it's not as noisy it's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous out so i'm excited about what whatever comes next in this adventure I'm excited for you too. I just, well, more, you know, you need to settle down so I can have an excuse to come out and visit, but yep, absolutely. You know, I don't have a pickup in a trailer right now, so I can't, you know, (laughs) you, you gotta just, yeah, you gotta nonstop it all the way. Or you could just fly. I don't don't have a place for you to stay yet, but yeah, see, that's why, that's why I'm, I'm patiently waiting for you to have a couch for me to crash on. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, I mean, well, here you go. Uh, big changes, you know, here, here we are now, um, 
rolling into December and both you and I have like completely changed our lives from where we were to where we're going. Right. This year it's been, you know, quite, I mean, both of us have taken our jobs on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the one constant is, is that, you know, we're still employed and still with, uh, you know, being, you know, having the luxury, in fact, actually, so I was on a, I was on a call today and, um, it was with a guy who, you know, we brought in to kind of do some, uh, QC for our project. And we're sitting here talking about some, some roofs and things like that. And I was sharing my screen and I had, um, like, uh, in the chat. I told um, the other one of the other people that was on the call that you know wasn't him because he was kind of like he's more remote. Um, you know, hey, um, I'm gonna. Can you start sharing your screen because I I need to go and pick up my daughter. And you know, and, and and I told everybody, you know, hey, I'm gonna need to either cut out or switch before, um, uh, you know, before X whatever time, mm-hmm. so that I can go and get my daughter and. So I'm, 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 I've already like left the house. I've already gotten in the car. You know, I, I switched, you know, my zoom chat, you know, zoom, uh, meeting from, uh, the computer to my phone. Dude didn't know any of this. He he just like, it was just seamless. I was, I, you know, before I walked away from my computer, I'd already switched to my phone. I was still talking about like, you know, some details that we need to work on or some, some ideas and stuff. And then jumped in the car, plugged it into the car, you know, had it in the audio and stuff. And he was just like, he was like, don't you have to go and get your daughter? I'm like, I'm sitting in the, uh, um, in the uh, pickup line right now. He's like, he goes, man, the times are changing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and that was like, it just like summarized, like it literally like summarized my entire year and your entire year. It's just times are changing. Right. So yeah, crazy, and and then just the like with you. I mean, you're you're sitting in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're using your trailer Wi-Fi or or just data. Yeah, I am, but okay. But I mean, you know, think about that. Think about like the freedom that we talked about of you being able to do that, and think about like just changing expectations in offices now. Right. You know, I mean, this year. I mean, what's funny about this year, from my perspective of not just what you and I have done, but the way that the profession has somewhat changed it in con- continuously evolving and changing is there are those offices that, you know, still want the butts and seats. Mm-hmm. And then there's those offices that are making concessions, knowing that they want good people. And if good people means that we're going to hire remote workers or we're going to, you know, you know, hire blended workers, or we're going to hire, you know, butts and seat workers. I mean, those are, those are the things that are the opportunities that are out there now that this guy that we brought in to, you know, QCR project, he used to be a, a principal in our office and he retired mm. and, you know, he just by chance, you know, we, we were like, you know, it'd be great to do this, you know, like <laughs> review this project would be this guy. And we reached out to him, you know, because I mean, everybody's still looking for and needing more people. And so we reached out to him and and he was just like, yeah, I'll do it. And, you know, it's been a great addition to, you know, the project and and what we're doing and has been kind of guiding and helping us with his knowledge. But it was just like, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> he's like the, all these newfangled things that you guys are doing, you know, are just like, um, you know, just a great progression forward for the, the profession. And that, and that's coming from a guy who, you know, retired, got it, I think five, six years ago. Yeah. And, and he's just like, you know, it's, it's amazing what the profession is doing now. It, it is a it mindset, really is. right? It's not a, it's not an age thing. It is a mindset thing. And it is interesting to see, I think, uh, I just saw some post on LinkedIn that was talking about the AIA's, uh, I guess it's the firm report that was just published for 2022. And one of the questions was, you know, about remote work. And it was something like 67% are back in the office. It might have been higher than that. Don't quote me on that. But it was a really, it was higher than I expected it to be. It might have been in the 80s, actually, now that I think about it. It was a very small percentage that was... um remote it was like uh in the low teens i think for uh hybrid so it is interesting to see that that shift back to where it was yeah interesting because like you know i've talked with a bunch of people and they're like yeah well you know it, sometimes it just doesn't make sense for me to come in in fact i was mm-hmm. just having this conversation i went to a aia detroit meeting and it, probably should have polled a lot of people, but you know, a lot of people that I was talking to is like, yeah, I, I work mostly from home. I mean, I do go in, you know, we right. need team meetings and things like that, but yeah, you know, days I, I a still, week or whatever. Exactly. And yeah. in fact, actually even one guy, he was, you know, saying that like he just got an office, you know, just like, and it's, it's more of like a, a share workspace. Mm-hmm. And he only uses that to basically kind of like have people come together have meetings, you know, have team meetings and things like that. But then every other time he's, you know, out either, you know, meeting clients or working from home. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting to see that it had shifted back. And I wonder, like you, I think, if that is just the official policy, I wonder what the actual behavior is. Because I know a lot of firms have talked about the official policy is everybody's in the office one, two, three days a week. It's this day, whatever. And the actual, that what's actually going on is nothing like that. I mean, the office is still very empty, even on the days when people are quote unquote supposed to be there. Um, I, I wonder what, I wonder what that survey's results are actually saying versus the reality, you know? Yeah. So I could say that we're, we're 50, 50 is what our plans for the foreseeable future is, is, is a 50, 50. And we don't, mandate when you're going to be in it's you know project needs you know convenience for you Mm -hmm. um things like that and so you know a lot of times people are going to be like hey i'm going to be in the office you know monday tuesday wednesday uh if anybody else wants to you know meet me there great and then you know they they usually do you know it's just and then other times it's like you know hey i don't think i'm going to be able to make it in this week um, I'll just be working from home and, you know, no one bats an eye. I mean, because yeah. the thing about it is, is, is the work getting done? Yeah. The right. work's getting done. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. You know, the butts and seats comes from a term that you, you know, yeah. kind of coined when we were, we were chatting about it. And it was just like, you, you don't like, I don't need to stand over people to make sure that they're working because, you know, one, we're all in the same model We're all, we all, have you know tasks that are assigned to us everybody knows what needs to be done and i can see it i can yeah. see work being done right in real time 
Right. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to spend two hours in the car to do the same things, right? Exactly. So exactly. Unless it's for a specific reason, whether it's collaboration, right. urgency of some decision that needs to be made, whatever that is, right? Then I mean, even that you could you could do digitally. So I, I think it's gotta be more about collaboration or a specific reason. And I think one of the things that I see firms failing on is making a good case for being in the office, right? And so Usually it falls back on, well, we're, we're creatives, we're architects, we need to be together. And, and obviously there is something to, uh, especially emerging professionals, overhearing the chatter, the talk. Um, but even that, I think, is changing a lot where, where people are finding comfortable ways to do that online. I, I guess I'm, I'm a little out of touch with what those ways are because I'm not in, a, in that kind of an office environment anymore. But um, it does seem like things are changing in the direction of, of, you know, digital tools for collaboration. Obviously, there's been a huge uptake of Miro and Mural and Zoom and things like that, where people are doing live collaboration online. But the there are benefits, but I don't think that firms have been very articulate about them, and they because they don't necessarily know what they are. And nor do they have a vision that is exciting for people who would want to participate in that. Right. If, if, if it's just like going back to the office, just to go back to the office, like there, you, I'm sorry, but people are going to want more than that. Right. They're going to want the reasoning. Right. Right. And, and yeah, yeah. Um, it's had this conversation with a friend at the AIA conference that basically was kind of appalled that, you know, we weren't back in the office. And, and, and I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't get the, the hesitation or the, you know, the, the rationale of why we mm-hmm. needed to be, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we, we've talked about it on countless occasions that you don't need them. I, I've, I've figured out ways because the, you're, you're absolutely right. There is a, a huge challenge in, you know, mentoring, you know, new people digitally, mm-hmm. but you know, with tools like Miro, with tools like Zoom, you know, with tools that, you know, provide you this opportunity. But there's, you know, conscious decisions that need to be made in the way that you're working with somebody too. Because, you know, first you have to recognize that, you know, oh, this is a person who doesn't have the same level of experience as me, or they're fresh out of school or whatever. And so there's different ways to deal with different people. And so, but especially when I'm dealing with somebody like that's fresh out of school or maybe a couple of years and I'm, I'm, you know, giving them a task and we're, you know, we're on a zoom call and, and, you know, I've got the annotate tools up and I pull up either the whiteboard or they pull up some drawings and we're sketching over it. Not only do I talk about like, you know, what needs to be done, but the why it needs to be done and what, you know, the consequences are for like, say, you know, Hey, if we don't show this detail, I mean, they could build it this way or, you know, like I always play devil's advocate. I always talk about cause and effect. I always talk about these things in a way to use it as a teaching tool to learn how to like half the time I'm kind of almost admitting to them. Oh yeah. I had a project where, you know, this was, you know, where I kind of screwed up on something and this is how you can, you know, not screw up on it. 
you know, mm-hmm. like here, here's a way to avoid that problem. And here's what I learned from that. And, and so, you know, when people, you know, make this, this almost like appalling mandate that it's like, you know, I'm so shocked that you're not at work, you know, because how, how can you, how can you function as an architect, you know, when you're not like, you know, face to face with somebody, it's like, well, guess what? Times are changing. And people who really want to be butts in seats will come and work for you. Mm-hmm. People who don't want to be butts in seats or want to be baby butts in seats 50% of the time, well, guess what? They're going to come work with me. Right. You know, and that's just, it, and, and that's their choice, not, you know, it shouldn't be the, the, the firm. And, and then there's going to be those people who's just like, look, you know, if you don't want to be, you know, 100% here, then we don't want you. Okay, then guess what? <laughs> the the market out there right now is so hot that you can find a job that fits you better mm, because it yeah. probably didn't fit you in the first place. Well, how how many times now that you've been in Michigan have you been back to the office physically? Zero. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought the number was going to be zero. (laughs) (laughs) I do know that you've been back to Maryland a couple times. Don't tell the office that. But um, but I was pretty sure that you didn't go into a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, you were you were doing it for pleasure. It was for or for various family reasons or whatever. And and I I was almost positive that the number was zero. And if if you're a senior project architect and you don't have to go into the office because you're finding ways to get the job done, like that is just part of designing the process. It is just yeah. part of creatively coming up with ways to work around the obstacles that are out there. And if, if sorry, but if we can do it, like seriously, anybody can do this. And it's just oh, a yeah. refusal yeah. to think on the, in those terms right. because right. it somehow makes you more comfortable with, you know, the way that it's always been done and the way that it should be based on the, the way that it's always been done. And, and, you know, and think about like just the changing, changing nature of how we interact with our clients anyway, and to be like mobile or flexible or, you know, that, that, that kind of goes a long way to like letting the client know, you know, Hey, we're here to like, you know, work with you. And, and so, you know, again, I just, I, I, I sort of had to roll my eyes and say, okay, you know, that's, that's that's the way you want to do it and that you you will get the employees that you that want to be there 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the the employees you know that want to be there 100% of the time, 50% of the time, remote, you know, however they want to work, but I know that they're going to work. Just, right. It's just you trust them because they're they're adults, yeah. they're professionals, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you see the uh, the rules or whatever that that Musk put out regarding Twitter? <laughs> and 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 I I just I just did a little bit of reflecting on this because I thought that as an architect, maybe I'm already a little bit jaded. It was pretty funny, right? Because it was like. You ha- you have to fully commit. Uh, he had people there working, doing all nighters. They were sleeping on the floor in the office, and you really you know it's going to be. But it was something like crazy hardcore was something like the quote um, to pull this off. And I thought like you know okay for, first of all you, you you literally can run your business however you want, and if if you don't agree with the way somebody else runs their business that you don't work for, okay, but I, I kind of don't care right. Like there are 
some level of standards that you might have that are different from other people. And so kind of like we're talking about what it's like to work in an office and, and somebody saying you have to come into the office. Like if, if they are the business owners, they do get to decide that, but it doesn't mean that people have to agree with you and continue to work there, which is what we saw happen at Twitter, right? A lot of people left or they were laid off or, or fired. I don't know how, whatever severance packages. It, it, it's been insane. And I don't, I don't necessarily, I definitely don't agree with the way that it's been going down, but at the same time, it is a private company and like Twitter is not a public utility. It doesn't have to exist. Like, so, and I'm not like super tied up with, with it because yes, I've been a part of it for a very long time, but does my life depend on it? Absolutely not. And I definitely feel for like the people with the H1B visas and things who are, they have a job, they get to be in the country on that visa and if the job goes away what then what i can that's got to be incredibly difficult so not I, I i can't argue all the finer points but i just thought as an architect coming at this you know these leaked memos <laughs> these leaked emails as an architect and what the profession of architecture has been it's like architecture has always been like that and and it's really interesting to watch the backlash that has happened um based on the behavior <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> based on the behavior that has been exhibited through these emails. And it's like, if you want to be a part of it, click on this link and you still have a job. And if you don't, you're, you're sever- here's your severance package. I mean, architecture's kind of been like that for so long. And I think it's really interesting. Like, I think it has totally skewed my perspective of like, you can totally run your business like that. I feel, I actually feel guilt for saying, you can run your business like that because I think like the rules have changed even more. Like what is acceptable has always been uh, skewed for me of, of like this. These are things that we do for the project. These are things that we do for the job, even though I don't agree with those. And I've definitely talked about that on this podcast quite a bit, right? I don't agree with that myself, but does that mean that everybody should agree with, with how I see it? Absolutely not. It's just really interesting to watch the public backlash. If they only knew about architecture, what would they say about architecture? And I think like we're, we were seeing the results of that in the last few years, especially right with unionization and the the exodus, the quiet quitting, the uh, you know, there's all various terms right that we've talked to, talked about for for what's been going on in architecture and even wider than that. But it is kind of a I just thought it was interesting because I was, I was thinking about it and I'm like, man, like he's running Twitter just like any people have always run architecture offices <laughs> and everybody's freaking out about it. And look, look how long it took people to actually realize that this was not a good model for architecture. Right. It took a really long time for people to actually get comfortable speaking up about it. And, and I mean, it took a pandemic actually to kind of start to change things. And a lot of citizenship and advocacy and lobbying and, you know, voting with their feet. A lot of people voting with their feet, going to firms that had different policies or, I mean, there's just so much, so much to it. I I don't know if you had thought about that at all, but that's just a connection that I drew. It's like, wow, this sounds a lot like architecture. Oh, 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 absolutely. I mean, you know, um, I mean, think about like how we you know, ruthlessly lay people off during, you know, the yeah. hard times. The down I mean, times. Yep. Exactly. Honestly, not that much different. Yep. I totally agree. I was thinking about that, especially with really large firms, right? Uh, 
that we don't need to mention their names, but like they hire and fire like crazy. And, and why do they do that? Because of that's their survival is based on that. Right. But there's no apologies there. I mean, I'm sure it's difficult for people to lay people off, but at the same time, like it, it is a business decision. And I think what's interesting about this is how blended life has become between work and life and, you know, family in quotes and business and how blended and kind of weird that's gotten over the last few years. Uh, there's, there's like these expectations that work is your second family. And I, and I still think like capitalism kind of doesn't allow for that. I mean, there's definitely examples of companies who do operate like that, but hardcore capitalists uh, who are out there like billionaires who buy Twitter um, are, have a different view of it. And it, it's, it's just kind of interesting to watch all of this from the, from the armchair. Well, you know, so you know that what landed me in Maryland was 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know, you know, or for those who don't know, I mean, you know, the big recession where lots of firms, it was kind of feastern. It was the famine time of the feast and famine. Right. Undulation of architecture. And so big firm that I interviewed with and, you know, had, uh, received a offer letter from if I would have gone to work for them within six months of being hired and starting with them, I would have been one of 60% of that office. Now this is a huge office. Mm-hmm. This is a huge, well, let me just say, but well, it, it was a huge office, but it was a huge firm, big office in DC, multi, you know, like, multi-city, multi-nation, you know, offices for this firm. And they laid off 60% of their DC office. Wow. I mean, you know, so if And usually the last ones in are the first ones out, right? Oh, absolutely. Even though that's kind of a cliche, it is pretty true. Almost, well, almost the entire division that I would have been work that I specifically would have been working working in was gone, mm. gone. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so you know you it, it's interesting that you bring up the kind of like the ruthless tactics that are going on it in Twitter right now. It, it's been standard. It literally has been standard operating procedure for architecture firms for God knows how long. Yeah, yeah, and totally. and we've lived and we and you and I both lived through them right. on numerous occasions. You right. Know? And so I've been lucky to actually be the one to keep their job. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, and, and we've even talked about, like, you know, the, the long-term damaging effects that, you know, practices like that has had on architecture mm-hmm. and on, um, you know, the experience like that mid-level, you know, that mid-career, mid-management kind of person doesn't really truly exist. like in the profession right now the right you know the uh, 15 to 20 year person isn't really there is in in numbers that like you know younger staff are in and so there's there's not even there's even a, like a mentoring gap oh, as yeah, well totally totally so you know anyway yeah it, it wow I, you know it's interesting to to put it in that perspective because i'm pretty sure that there's you know numerous architects out there aghast at you know what's going on at twitter and you know rightfully so but 
you know, how many of those either participated in or were victim of the same type of practices that occurred within our profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just to like, think about sleeping on the floor, working on projects oh all night. And, and it's like, this is the culture of architecture and it, I, and it has been for so long. I told you my very first day after graduation, when I started working for that small firm, the very first day I worked till 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the firm. Exactly. See you tomorrow. You'll still well, be here, right? <laughs> I, I will. I, you know, I say it as I, you know, work till 2 a.m. And I did. But the partners were there, too. So, you know, I, yeah. I will say kudos to them because they 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 did lead by example. It, it does was a, make a difference. It, it was a horrible example, but they still led by example. Yeah, they didn't just say do as I just, say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah they didn't they didn't ditch <laughs> us and just say, you know, enjoy it. I'm going home and I'll see you later. I mean, they were there, sleeves rolled up doing the same thing. But it was just, you know, it's just like, how do you get yourself in these positions? And Right. You know, it's not normally yeah. like this, Cormac. <laughs> you know how many times I heard that throughout right. that night? And you know right. how many times uh, they proved that to not be true? Right. Yeah. It was just yeah. wishful thinking. That's all. Exa- exactly. Well, uh, times are changing. If they're not nice. changing, if you're not changing, you're dying. Right. So, uh, yeah. I feel like like that has never been more true as my future is unknown and <laughs> in some sense at least and uh and so anyway well it's it, I mean I can, let me let me welcome you to the 42nd latitude thank you thank you it's good to be yeah. here good to be here i'm enjoying uh, you, it so far there's actually weather there's actually seasons i i i hear it in the background so yeah you can hear it raining falling. yeah Raindrops falling on my recording studio. Exactly. Right. We got thin walls here in the Pacific Northwest. Don't make those pickup trucks like they used to. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.